Welcome, Deep Space Explorers, to episode 214 of the Nerd Stravaganza Podcast, where we appropriate limitless funds for deep exploration of the imagination. I'm Tom. I'm Brian. I'm Cam. And this week we'll be discussing NASA. But before we blast off towards that conversation, I'll remind our listeners to count down the days between episodes and launch with us every week via iTunes, where Mission Control tells me <laughs> the stars are aligned for favorable reviews. That didn't come out quite as I meant it to. I was going to make some kind of a starry pun. But yeah, we want stars and reviews to climb the ranks, so we do appreciate your support, guys. And now, on with the episode... And that means it's time for the Weekly Geekly Geekly Weekly Update. Brian, why don't you go first, man? What have you been up to? Oh, man. Pretty much just Megacon. Uh, Let's see. I was traveling uh, Friday at the con, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, comatose Monday, just uh, recovering since then. Uh, A lot of differences this year. You know, everybody knew it was different ownership but uh, i had a great time huge huge vendor floor artist alley they had a tattoo alley this year wow like people getting tattooed all weekend long just just lined up wow tons of celebrities like just just they needed their own celebrity alley i don't even know so much to do so much to do there i spent probably 10 hours looking at vendors and Lester was was out taking pictures of all kinds of cosplay great great weekend nice nice hotel sat around the pool to recover afterwards fun fun time nice man Megacon certainly the largest and in a lot of people's opinion the best convention in Florida I don't know we I need to convince you guys to do an episode on this Two of my friends went for the first time this year. Absolutely loved it. Lester and I have been probably five, six, seven times. Absolutely loved it. You get on the internet, Facebook, you know, Reddit, uh, 4chan. Oh, it sucked. Oh, it was so corporate. It was terrible. Never go again. It was such a waste. I, man, nerds are assholes. (laughs) Um, I mean, was it appreciably different from other years? Was this the first year under the new corporate ownership, I guess? or This was the first year under the ownership. And there were definitely some changes. And, and I, I mean, I didn't like all of them. Like, there were no video games. Oh, really? There was no video game room. Like, it's usually, like, around the clock, you know, crash in, play whatever. Like, nothing like that. They had, like, a Pokemon tournament Sunday, and that was it. That was, like, the only thing. Weird. So, didn't love that. You got to have video games. I don't know. I kind of thought the cosplay was a little tacked on. Like, kind of weird. Like, the cosplay contest was Saturday at 8 after almost everybody had already left. Hmm. And I, I, I don't know. Like, there was something else big going on at the same time. Like, just a, just a little weird. Maybe that was just, you know, the only time that big venue was free or something. And they changed their hallway policy, which, God, I'm kind of torn on. Once upon a time, you could come to the convention center and just hang around. And, you know, public space, they'd let you do whatever. Um, So all these kids were lined up, leaning on the wall, talking, 
playing loud music, yelling, screaming, doing whatever. And this year you needed a wristband to enter the building. Oh, wow. And that pissed people off. I can't get in for free. Fuck this, please. <laughs> so they wouldn't pay to go in the convention floor. They would just come and dress up or just kind of hang out with their friends, but not spend any money basically. Right. No, not necessarily not spend money. I mean that if I'm recalling, I mean, I've been there a million times, but like, are you talking about like that area, Brian, where you walk in and it's like, just like that big long hallway sort of in the front of the convention center. And then you, you could just hang out there. But then if you, for, if you wanted to go into the con, there was like all those doors to the left, basically that you could just walk or the right, depending on which way you came in, you could just go in using your wristband. Right. That, yeah. That yeah. Right? Basically they had checkers at the panel rooms and at the, the, the entrance to vendors instead of at like the entrance to the building once upon a time. And now they, they did, right. got away with that. Ah. That, well, I mean, you know, that's where all the food was or a lot of the food was out there. So, I mean, I'm sure they were still selling food to those people, but I mean, I get, I mean, I, I guess I understand why they did that because there's been times when I've been there and you just, that's where most people like with cosplays would stand out. And, and people would take pictures, you know? So yeah. you had just this massive crush of people trying to get to different places. And uh, did that alleviate that problem or was it still that pro- – was that problem still there? They got a bigger haul this year. So it's hard to quantify. Did the bigger haul help? Did the new policy help? Did both help? It was – it did not feel as crowded as it used to. But mm, there were a lot of factors. Gotcha. Hmm. If I recall correctly, don't you have to exit the main hall and go into the hallway to get to the breakout panel rooms? Yeah, yeah. Everything branches off that hallway. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Interesting. I'm kind of curious as to how much space, like the Orlando, the Orange County Convention Center or the Orlando Convention Center, whatever it's called, is absolutely massive. Like it's it's the biggest convention center I've ever seen and I've seen quite a few. Are they starting to have like a significant footprint on that property or... Well, depending on how familiar you how familiar you are with the property, uh, they were actually back in West Hall this year, which is like I think the 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 biggest, and they solely occupied West. Like in the past, they've shared West. Right, right. So really big. I haven't seen any numbers released, but probably you know eighty, hundred thousand again cool man that's awesome i the convention center itself as a structure is almost as impressive to me as the conventions like it's just so it's so damn big they need it there in orlando though. they have they have conventions like yeah they day. do they do uh, i hear they're gonna be putting a maglev train in from the airport to that convention center someday too which uh <laughs> no seriously which sounds badass i'll believe it when i see it yeah me too. We've, been waiting, we've been waiting for the light rail from tampa <laughs> to orlando from orlando to south florida I mean, we'll, we'll all be in the grave before that happens. Eh, maybe. Oh, oh well. Anyway, <laughs> grim thoughts. Uh, glad you yeah. had a good time at MegaCon, Brian. Anything else? Uh, no, that, that's about it. Nice. I have no memory before that, and <laughs> uh, after it, I haven't done very much. You had a birthday. That, that, that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, I had a birthday for the first day of the con. Well, the first day of my con. Happy belated from the fellow Ganza, Ganza convention goers. Thank you. Yes. Yes, yes. All right, Cam, I don't know if you had a birthday, but it's your turn. It's your special day now. <laughs> God, have a birthday, thank God. Um, Friday night was pretty cool. Um, we just had sort of a night of impromptu gaming at a friend's house. 
our buddy Vaughn had people over. Um, we played Mysterium, which we hadn't played in quite a while. And um, everyone loved it. There was like four or five people there that had never, three or four people that had never played it, including my companion. So I was like, all right, I'll do it. And of course, you know, it's a six-player game, but you, with seven with a, with a sort of a DM or GM, the, the friendly ghost that helps you along the way. And we had just the right amount of people. I was the, I was the ghost. Unfortunately, they did not. Uh, they made it all the way to the end, but did not. Were not able to guess the uh, who was the final killer was. Uh, but they loved it, and it actually started a whole thing that, like, I guess now I'm going to be having a Fourth of July party at my house, <laughs> and it's going to be like a Mysterium murder mystery based sort of party. Nice. So you guys are invited. I'm giving you the save the date now, uh, and maybe we'll invite a lucky listener if they're inclined to want to come and play Mysterium with us. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, Saturday afternoon, I did my Munchkin Marvel demo at the adventure game store, which was a hit. Everyone loves Munchkin Marvel. Um, and it's actually pretty fun. Um, they've introduced a few, few new component, a few new mechanics, regular Munchkin. You guys know, you know, you just got to go up 10 levels and you got to, you know, kick the door down, you fight monsters, all that stuff. Uh, well now you, you basically are playing an agent of shield. And you get this this little placard that helps you sort of track your 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 levels rather than having to use like a D10 or something. And um, each one actually has well, you can be either a male or a female, which sort of matters not in like the social context, but matters like some cards give special bonuses to females, some cards give special bonuses to males. So that's cool. And then each one also has sort of a special effect. Like you get a plus two if you fight a monster when you're kicking down the door, or you get a plus two if you're fighting a monster when you go looking for trouble out of your hand, like things like that. I mean, you have to be versed in Munchkin to sort of know what I'm talking about, but it's, uh, it was a good time. Uh, very successful. I think Brian at the adventure game store sold all of his copies except for one, which I think is also already maybe spoken for. So I think that was successful. Um, Saturday night, we did a trap room. Have you guys ever done one of those? Uh, it's interesting. You should mention that, but go on. Yeah, we did We did a, a trap room here in South Florida over on Oakland Park Boulevard, which was awesome. Uh, it was a pirate-based theme Ooh. trap room, and um, it was actually a very large group. It was about 12 of us, and um, the guy told us that we were the seventh fastest time ever to do the trap room. Uh, but he was saying basically that was with a group of like half our size, six or seven people. He's like with a group, your size, I've never, he said, he's never seen anyone do it that quickly. Uh, we did it in like 45 minutes, 46 minutes, something like that. You get an hour. So we, we did it with uh, about 15 minutes to spare. Um, and, but it was fun, super fun. And it was, it's hilarious to see your friends and like all of their personalities and how they sort of come out when like pressure and time and like problem solving's involved you know you get some people that just sort of sit back and like let things happen other people that are like no we got to do this and we got to go you know it's just really funny to see how everyone uh, how everyone reacts to those kind of scenarios but we had a great time definitely would go back and do it again um and then sunday uh just did did more gaming at, at the uh adventure game store sponsored game night at uh, land lubbers that was fun and um Monday, it was my mother's birthday, Memorial Day as well. I went and saw uh, X-Men Apocalypse. Oh, how was that? Took to, to courtesy it. I, I enjoyed it. I liked it. Um, you know, it's a huge departure from the comic books, which, you know, what isn't these days? But uh, it was a much better X-Men movie than the last one. Um, and uh, I enjoyed it. 
thought it was good. Then uh, Days of Future Past was that the last one? Yeah, I like that one. I, I think no, I think I I was thinking of uh, the one before that. Oh, um, First Class. Yeah, and I mean I enjoyed it. I, I I'd say it was on par with, you know, uh, Civil War and and uh, and uh, Batman vs Superman. Good. You know, I'd say it's good, not great. Good enough. Enjoyable. Yeah. Nice. And um, gearing up for Origins, which is in about two weeks, Origins uh, board gaming convention. I'll be in Columbus, Ohio for that. And uh, I'm starting a new RPG campaign with some friends. Um, On Sunday, we're going to be starting our character development uh, and creation. Um, It's going to be on the Pathfinder platform. Okay. Wow. But we're going to be doing it... um, the world that we're going to be using is like Game of Thrones mm. or Song of Ice and Fire about uh, we haven't decided whether it's going to be it's not going to be current events. It's going to be either like a couple hundred years in the past or a couple hundred years in the future. So and we're not going to be playing like Daenerys or like, you know, any of the like major characters that in the in the books and, and show. We're just going to be like, you know, maybe a lesser house lord or a lesser house knight or a hedge knight or, you know, nice. a wildling or something and just, you know, navigate our way through the seven kingdoms go back to like the era of the first man and have the chill the elves i mean the uh children of the yeah. forest <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no that's that's actually we had sort of thought about that like the andals and the first men and maybe figuring something out like that but i don't know we'll see we'll we'll uh tim is actually dming our buddy tim oh that should be good so we'll see uh we'll see how that turns out by the way speaking of a song of ice and fire have you encountered the like apologists who if when you tell when you basically describe the children of the forest as elves get defensive they're not they're they're not elves they're not like they blatantly are yeah i mean i have but it's just like you got to pick your battles man <laughs> that's my my philosophy in life it's like am i gonna sit here and have a 20 minute useless conversation with someone or or am i just gonna be like okay guy and just keep keep it moving you it's know? almost not a battle i mean like okay like elves are like a fantasy trope and like though ice and fire is awesome like they're fucking elves, man. That's something he, you know, you could, you really can't get away from it. Fantasy. Yeah. No, they're the elder race. Okay. Sure. I mean, they're dwarves and they're dragons. Why aren't there elves? Right. Or why aren't there fairies? Well, there are, there are elves. Yeah. It turns out. So. Exactly. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, that's it, man. That was a pretty packed uh, week. Yeah. That, uh, you got a lot going on. I'm not sure if I would describe the listener who gets that invite as lucky, but, uh, <laughs> well, elves. Anyway, over to me. I don't have a lot in the way of nerdy stuff. I had a lot of family stuff going on. Went out of town to attend a graduation for my niece. Um, well, she's, I shouldn't say she's not nerdy. She, both my nieces are nerdy in that they get really good grades and they are very academically inclined, very interesting people. So um, she had a great – she graduated. She made it, and she's going off to a good school and off to a good career. So um, funny you should mention a trap room because we did – a the whole family went out and we did a uh an escape room um that's what i meant escape room yeah, yeah. Trap room, whatever yeah. Uh, whatever I, was, I got the concept this one was a museum heist and you had to we were basically trying to find all the stolen loot and replace it in the museum before the patron showed up we we're trying to save the museum basically mm. and um yeah so interesting like i'm definitely more of a like just sit back survey the room see what's unfolding see if people are coming out to add any clues and um when i fixate on a particular thing i kind of just do that to the exclusion of whatever anybody else is working on 
which comes in useful when they're ready to work on that thing, I found. so. <laughs> yeah, we solved it. We got it in a pretty decent time. So uh, it's fun, man. I, I, I want to talk to you more about these after. These are really cool. So we, yeah. we could do a, some off-the-air discussion because uh, yeah. what a cool concept, man. And It's a great concept, yeah. I'm surprised that like, just it took this long for it to be like, a thing you know what i mean because it's not like that high tech that we just had to wait till now to have the you know to have it happen you could have had it 30 years ago you know what i mean in fact other than some pretty impressive mechanical and pneumatic stuff going on and the one i played like high tech isn't how i describe it which gets right. into what we'll discuss after the show yeah. <laughs> so there's some definite room for some really cool stuff in that space i think for sure um but yeah awesome i, I really want to go do more of those now so we're like looking for local ones we're gonna go check those out yeah, I'll give you the info on the one we, we did. It's pretty good. All right, cool. Cool, cool. Yeah, but that's it, man. Just basically that little bit of traveling. I want to say that I've done something nerdy, but nope. That's it. Just uh, <laughs> get, get ready to get back into swingasing things. I've got like a hankering to play some some Battlefront maybe or, or something now that I'm back. And that's it. I wish I had more to report, but uh, you had a full week cam and so did you, Brian. So you made up for my shortcomings. And with my update now out of the way, I just, <sighs> there's got to be some news out there that somebody can cover for us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here with the news travaganza. If you are inclined to let it shine, as they say. Um, Tom, this one uh, made me, uh, this uh, news article sort of caught my eye because of you. Asus has announced that they are coming out with a new home robot. And it sort of looks like Wally. Um, it's really cool. It rolls around sort of like BB-8, but it doesn't have like the magnetic like bottom and top. It just sort of has like a rolling bottom with like a almost looks sort of like a desk lamp, you know, but it has like a touchscreen display and face. Um, and it's really cool. It's called the Zenbo. And the pictures and the video are awesome. I mean, obviously, you know, they, they hype those things up. It's never going to work like, you know, how it looks in the video and the, and the pictures. But it seems pretty cool. I know you have amassed quite a uh, robot army at your place. Uh, this might be something you want to look into. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Uh, Zenbo, super cute. Um, the, you know, we've talked just as recently, I think, as last week about comic books and, and you know, where they're going and what's going on. Um, a app called Cosmicology um, has announced a new service that's sort of like a library card for comics. Unfortunately, you're not going to be getting any like DC or Marvel titles, but pretty much you can get almost any other title, like all of the independent, uh, all the independent titles, all, a bunch of manga, a bunch of, you know, re really cool, like just indie stuff you can get um, for a, a pretty low monthly fee. Cool. Um, I might check that out for like a month. I think they're offering a free trial, so I might check it out and see if it's anything I, I'd be interested in. Um, you were talking about Battlefront and gaming. Um, this kid in in uh, in Brazil was playing his PS4, and uh, you know he was like playing and playing, and he kept getting pissed because the PS4 would turn on and off and release this like really stinky odor. Oh, and so he got he got hacked off. He finally called tech support. I guess they sent someone over to his house. The guy opened the electrician comes over his house, opens it up, and there was a dead snake in his PS4. Oh my god. Yeah, that was like fused to the motherboard in a couple different places, and was like just basically just got fried alive inside inside his in a, inside of his console. Uh, the video is on YouTube. It's actually pretty. It's pretty amazing. I mean, they're like talking in Portuguese, so it's kind of like hard to understand what they're saying. But uh, the video is pretty cool. 
Um, speaking of electronic devices not working very well, um, Samsung basically has just come to the conclusion that Windows 10 is not going to work on their devices. <laughs> so they're just basically telling everyone, if you own a Samsung device, do not download to, uh, Windows oh, 10. Wow. Yeah, they're basically just giving up on it. Wow, that's that's bad because uh, I like yeah. Windows 10 I, and I thought it was well-received. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Windows 10. Of course, I have a, a, a Microsoft device, a Surface, so it works, you know, knock on wood so far so good, pretty well on it. But um, I guess, I mean, you know, and it, it's, it's crazy to me that someone the size of Samsung, I mean, it's not like Windows 10 was a big, like, surprise. You know what I mean? And it's not like Windows doesn't work with all of their vendors and anyone that's going to, like, be deploying their, 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 their software to their platform. I, I mean... How, how can it take you this long to not get it right? I don't know. I don't know. I, you would think that they would have worked closely with the, you know, integrating with Windows. But, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good yeah. question, man. Yeah, I don't own Samsung devices, and I don't plan to, so I'm not worried about it. Mm. Um, speaking of thumbs down on certain things, um, an apartment complex in uh, Lake City – or Salt Lake City um, has put into their lease – and, you know, I always like to throw in a little bit of legal, you know, stuff, especially this uh, leasing is actually one of the classes I teach at one of the local law schools here. Um, they have well, they uh, they started to try to require all of their tenants to sign a lease addendum that made them friend their website, their, their, their Facebook page, oh. basically saying that you have to friend our Facebook page. Or and if you don't do it within five days, it's going to be a breach of your lease. What? <laughs> yeah. So that got them into a bunch of hot water. They've since backpedaled and said, "Well, you know, it's not that you know we it, we weren't really saying that you know we were going to kick you out. We just want you know we just want everyone to be a community. So we want everyone to be our friend on Facebook. And they're trying to put a positive spin on it. But uh, I thought that was pretty funny. Like I mean, I I, I get doing it like on an ongoing basis. So anyone new that signs up, you know, you basically tell them, Hey, look, if you want to sign this lease, part of it is you have to be our friend on Facebook or whatever, but you can't just try to ram an addendum down someone's throat and tell them they're going to, they're going to get kicked out. But so that is, that is okay to have something kind of trivial like that. Just added to a lease contract. Like the, the a contract doesn't have to actually do with what's being transacted between people. Like I'm not really, well, if I mean, if it's in the contract, it has to do with what's being transaction. I guess. I mean, I guess okay. it's sort of you know, you know what I mean. Like, it's sort of like the old adage. Like, I mean, that's how all these guys in Congress get all these things put in. You know, it's a, it's like a gay rights amendment or something. But like, you know, ninety eight, ninety five percent of it gives like road building money to South Carolina or what? You know what I mean? I like, they slip in all these things so that you know for people to vote for it. Um, Really, I mean, what it comes down to in Florida, anyway, the, you know, as long as you have a contract, you you have a contract as long as there's a meeting of the minds and there's ample consideration, meaning you're getting okay. something, I'm getting something, and everyone's over 18, so they can pretty much put whatever they want in there. So, so replace my roof and feed my puppy, like I, that can be like a contract. And- it could be, yeah. If someone <laughs> signs it, I mean, if, if they sign it, okay. I thought they had to make sense. All right, they're on, they're on the hook, yeah. <laughs> And shooting off into space and talking about uh, one of our favorite topics, a Star Wars, it appears that Rogue One may be not what the f- you know the studio envisioned. They've ordered a bunch of reshoots for June, 
Um, I guess they weren't happy with what uh, it started shooting back in August. And I guess they were in the editing process and they decided, well, Hey, some of these things aren't what we wanted. So they've scheduled a, a, a series of reshoots, um, for June, um, maybe to get the movie to a different, you know, uh, flavor or a different, you know, a theme, or I, I don't know what, you know, what's going on in their head, but, uh, some people are all up in arms thinking, Oh, that means the movie's going to suck. I mean, reshoots, I'm not an industry expert when it comes to movies, but I mean, I think they're pretty commonplace, especially with like, you know, big films like this. Uh, they really want to make sure they get it right. So if there's something that they notice it's off, they, they just go ahead and do a reshoot. But yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I, I was I was really interested in this because when when that story broke, everybody was just like, mm, fucking Disney, they want nice Lego style, funny movies. They don't want anything serious and dark and blah, blah, blah. I actually read a little bit, like just the littlest bit into it. It is pretty much every single movie reshoots. Oh, yeah. Like it, yeah. it is almost a guarantee that there will be some reshoots. Yeah, or they they read, you know, do they do voiceovers? They do all, you know, because you know you can't catch everything on the first go round. You know, it's such a ma- massive undertaking. Not to mention, after how awesome episode seven was, that's that's where the bar is. Like that's where you, that's what you have to hit now. And I'm not also I'm not at all surprised that they asked for some changes. I mean, by the way, seven had tons of reshoots. Oh, I'm sure it sucked. Yeah, and you know what? It's good that like. I mean, I, I say, Hey, do it till you got to do it till you get it right, man. You know, like if there's something that you think needs changing, fix it. That's fine. Like, I'm, you know, don't just slap something together and be like, okay, here it is. You know? Yeah. The trailer looked badass, So it's, it looks promising. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be great. Yeah. I'm not worried about it. Hmm. And, uh, with that little bit of space news, uh, I will hand it back over to you, Tom. Okay. Thanks. Let's talk about star Wars the rest of the night. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all right, let's let's get the party started and discuss tonight's topic now. Uh, speaking of space, very good segue, Cam. A topic that I wanted to discuss for a couple weeks as news has come trickling out uh, is NASA, uh, our space agency here in North America. And uh, actually, no, it's, not, it's National Aeronautic and Space Administration. So no, it's not North America. I was going to say, wait, are, 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 the, are the Canadians and Mexicans part of our space program? No. Uh, So here in the United States, our space program, Congress has given it some direction recently, and since they are the ones uh, handing out the shekels, I suppose they have some say. Uh, And there is a committee uh, dedicated to funding NASA, and they do seem to be very enthusiastic about their job. So I don't want to second guess their enthusiasm or support for the agency, but I'm curious as to whether or not you guys think NASA should be given more or less autonomy or should, or what their real mission should be. But before we get into that, let me kind of go over some of the developments that have gone on in the past few months. One thing they said is they want NASA to send a mission to explore Europa, at least from orbit. And then, to sort of set the stage for a second mission to actually get some kind of a lander down on the surface to explore it. And for those of you who don't know, I know you guys definitely know this. Europa is one of the moons of Jupiter and they are pretty sure it has a liquid ocean of some kind. And they would like to go there looking for life or signs of life. And 
I think I heard Bill Nye on a podcast mentioned that a, a little bit cheaper way of doing that um, besides landing a vehicle on the planet and having it drill through who knows how much ice into the ocean might be to look for the, some venting that's going on into space and fly a spacecraft through that. I think that was Europa, and I hope that's not a completely different moon. <laughs> and I got it wrong. I only bring that up to say that Congress might like the idea of landing like a cool spaceship on the surface and drilling down through ice, but that might be something you want to let the scientists kind of come up with a feasibility study for. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing, Europa, and that's cool. Another thing is the, the big captivating thing in most people's imagination, I think, is Mars. And NASA, they have this mission plan to go out and grab a chunk of an asteroid or, or an asteroid and tow it into, I think, lunar orbit and then use that as like a practicing, as a, as a, a playground, as a practice ground for Mars. It sounds bizarre to me, but, you know, I don't, not being like a, not being a NASA scientist, I don't understand the appeal. It, definitely a lot of technology involved grabbing uh, and changing the position of a, of a small celestial body. Mm-hmm. So that sounds kind of cool, but the Appropriations Committee, I guess is the proper name for this committee, was like, nah, we don't like that. Stop that. Go to the moon, and go back to the moon, and then go to Mars. That, that's what we want you to do. We don't really understand what this whole asteroid thing is all about, and we're not really, we're not really into it. So here you have Congress, while writing a much bigger check than NASA had even uh, originally asked for, or, or it looked like they were originally going to get, Kind of setting direction. And I guess that's Congress's job because NASA is answerable to the government. But I guess my question is, what do you guys think should be the core mission of NASA? Should it be furthering science or capturing the public imagination with cool things like going to Mars? Or do you have to put people on Mars and capture the public imagination to get the funding to do the, the boring science? I, uh, I, I mean, I don't really think either of those is a bad idea like i think they're both kind of like wins i don't really understand congress well not congress as a whole but this panel part of congress position that the asteroid is they said it was unfeasible didn't they yeah yeah so it's this is where I kind of draw the line because you we have agencies and employees who work for the government who are experts. Congress people, by definition, are not – there may be some scientists up there, but they're not astrophysicists. They're, they're not experts. And it seemed a little bit to me, Brian, like they were dictating like, oh, you can't get an asteroid and move it into orbit. That just sounds, yeah, technically unfeasible. <laughs> it doesn't further our interests. Like if you want to speak broadly and say we want to go to Mars, does this get us closer to going to Mars? At least let that – NASA come back and say yes, and here's why. Um, but to weigh in on technical feasibility, I think it's a little outside their wheelhouse. So it's election season, and you know everybody's talking about like just how great the lesser is, uh, evil is. So <laughs> n- I think most of us are down on government for the most part right now. Um, myself for sure. I I really kind of wonder what the asteroid lobby is like because there's a huge conglomeration that wants to actually like pull in and mine asteroids james cameron and Mm. uh the google people and like a bunch of very wealthy businesses want to do that and i wonder if this has got anything to do with being steered away from something that can be privatized 
Oh, so you think maybe you think maybe the the big asteroid may, may have stepped in yeah. behind the scenes and said like keep your keep your big government probes away from our asteroids. And not even necessarily like a bad thing. Like if they're going to do that, maybe NASA should save the funds for Mars. So I don't necessarily think it's like a conspiracy theory, <laughs> but I'm kind of curious, like we might be able to accomplish both those things. Yeah. If the commercial, if commercial uh, space operators want to go take care of that. Yeah. Why not? Why not just go for what people really want to do, which is go to Mars. Now I will say, yeah, and again, not an astrophysicist, but mining asteroids sounds like a hell of a way to raise funds for Mars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially if there's at present rare earth minerals, uh, you know, things that are that are scarce here on Earth. It would be kind of a uh, a potential um, Spanish gold rush, as it were. Yeah. You know, until we until we flooded the market, totally devalued the the, the metals we we pulled back. But um, for for a while, Spain got really rich off that and did a lot of exploring. So that could that could be us potentially. Which is, I mean, you know, not exactly a pipe dream. That's Pretty likely. Yeah, I actually I'm like I'm digging that idea now. Let's be the Spain of uh extraterrestrial minerals and bring really expensive stuff uh nearby, mine it and um profitably somehow and, and, and get rich off of it and then use that to like fund awesome space missions. I love it. Yeah, and bring back uh space viruses that affect <laughs> the world and well, I mean I'm hoping there are not horrible creature you know horrible life forms uh and pathogens existing on these asteroids but uh oh we broke this asteroid open and it happens to be an egg with an alien inside <laughs> that's going to devour our <laughs> earth what could go wrong what what do you guys think of mars like do you think like so from what i've been reading and just listening to the meat in the science media because that's the extent of my scientific knowledge sending probes and and rovers and that kind of stuff that that's one thing that costs a certain amount but sending human beings keeping them alive for the duration of the mission retrieving them and bringing them back that sends the cost just like to mars (laughs) if you'll pardon the expression um as cool as it would be to have a human being step foot there soon in my lifetime even is that getting us further down the road scientifically i mean i guess the case could be made that we probably need to look at moving to Mars before we wreck this planet. But uh, (laughs) I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Well, I I think we're doing less and less on earth. Well, I mean like us period are doing less and less things that, that machines could not do in the past. So it's almost two things. Two two topics for me. Number one, I mean, we we should get off the we should get off the single rock. Hmm. However, we accomplish that moon, Europa, uh, space stations, Mars. That's that's one thing. But ha- if we could accomplish that without sending someone to Mars, just send a robot to Mars. That sounds great. I mean, I think we're using drones for everything anyway, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little more. Co- I, I think the the pisser with the drones is it takes several minutes for your instructions to get there. But um, still, it, it just. I think we could do a lot more like uh, spirit and opportunity rover missions for the cost of getting people to Mars. But it's 
even as I say that, I concede it's not as cool. Like, it's not as, like, awesome. We're not, like, sending people there to walk around. And, uh, hmm. I think we had kind of talked about this, like, in one of our, you know, future fantasy episodes. Why were there any people in Star Trek? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to seduce green people. Yeah, the ship could do everything. The and ship could the do probes. everything without them. I mean... Yeah, you you get the sense that the the computer didn't actually need the humans. Why bother? <laughs> well, that gets into a real philosophical question. Why bother with anything? I mean, if we're not part of it, it doesn't mean anything to us. Well, and, uh, so I, I I have discussed this professionally many times. If you want to accomplish something, and your your talent is in leadership, there's no need for you to know how to swing a hammer. There's no need for you to know how to lay nails. True, true, true. I mean, I think you're still part of it. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I agree with you, but for some people, like, when it comes to space, if we're not laying the footprints down, it just doesn't resonate. Like, I don't think sending automated rovers to the moon would excite anybody. Unless you made them, like, internet controllable by people. <laughs> then people would wreck them. <laughs> I, I would make a tweed draw cocks on the surface of mars joke but we already did so never mind you know i wait nobody drew a cock on mars did they i hope you're kidding no i really do think rover did that <laughs> oh god oh and some idiot was like looking at the photos like look what it drew <laughs> anyway I, I don't know i i get the sense like from a public imagination standpoint that it seems to me like the space program has lost its momentum and see that's that's probably wrong because they've done a lot of awesome missions but none of them were the moonshot and right and that's when everybody was like behind the space program to a huge degree but then again think about that people just got bored of it eh, go to the moon again who cares eh. and they yeah. just like they literally they like mix the program because people just were like eh. Well, I think, too, it's like a lot of people are so short-sighted that it's like, well, we have people starving here. Oh, Why can't we use that money to feed, you know, feed this and feed that and take care of this? And we need health care and we need that. And we, you know, it's like, dude, you got to be a little bit like, you know, forward thinking in terms of like, you know, what what is better for the world, not just what is getting put on your phone. Exactly. Table, you, know? you were concerned about letting Congress tell NASA what to do. I don't think we should go the other way either. <laughs> Let the mob. But it's like I always tell people, if you want, if you spend the next thousand years diverting funds away from space exploration to fill potholes and fill bellies, a thousand years from now, we'll have no more space exploration and like empty bellies and potholes. Like you're, you're, there are certain like intractable problems on earth that you're never going to solve by just saying, fuck everything else until we do this. It's just, there are certain problems of the human condition that you can't put everything on hold for. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's just my two cents. And it should, you know, it doesn't necessarily like me, like they don't need to be mutually exclusive. You, you can still have a viable space program and put food on people's table. You, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't make sense. I'm, I'm going to get preachy since you guys brought up budget and, and viable space program and everything just for a second and not really preachy. So 
the mission to Europa, I think they wanted 50 million, was it? Mm. For for this year, for 2016. And we wound up uh, giving them, I think it was 500 million. Nice. So, like, a lot of money, right? Yeah. Um, That's about one six hundredth of an aircraft carrier. <laughs> yes, yes. I actually yes. have the numbers in front of me. Really, that's about one six hundredth of an aircraft carrier. Uh, we currently have 10 aircraft carriers deployed, and we're building three more. If we just just killed one, just just stopped building one. Like it would save. I, I'm, this is going to sound very awkward, but I'm doing it for a reason. Nash's budget is 500 million. This would save 13,000 million. So we're not wow. doing the B and M thing. Oh, only 13 billion. See, no, 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 13,000 million. Yeah, to put. And then the operating cost once that vessel got launched is seven million dollars a day. A day. A day or about another mission to Europa every two months. Two months. But Brian, we have we have to have like twenty like aircraft carriers floating all around the globe to keep like like crazy assholes, you know, in, in different parts of the world in check, right? I, I did that math too. If we currently have ten and we built two more, we would still have two more than the entire rest of the world combined. And we would still have like 12 more than ISIS has, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I love <laughs> aircraft carriers and the new Ford model. I mean, it's it's like John Ford, not like Model yeah. T Ford. The new Ford model looks killer. They're unreal. They're, they're amazing. They're antiquated. No one yeah. needs that anymore. We're we have fighting. assured mutual destruction. We'll never go to war like that again. Right. Our wars now are asymmetric wars with crazy groups like ISIS and potentially theater-spanning wars with like lunatic states like North Korea. Again, I'm not a military strategist, but we've got these like gigantic ships and battle groups. What? For what purpose? I, I don't know. I'm not trying to say we shouldn't have a military and a powerful one, but you're proposing a modest reduction by one aircraft carrier to fund the space program. And no, I think one that's aircraft carrier... Not the, I'm not even reducing the number of aircrafts you would have built to put on the aircraft carrier, build them and put them on others or build them and send them to, you know, desert bases or build them anyway. Just, just one less. So we're still expanding. Actually, we're still building more mm -hmm. than we have. So just a little tiny bit slower. And we have 25 years of NASA budgets. What I, do you think, I'm, Cam? In, in 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 the in the interest of I'm not, not misrepresenting sure. of NASA budgets for this mission, not NASA's total budget. Right, NASA's total budget maybe for only twelve years. I mean, yeah, for one aircraft carrier. Uh, yeah, Cam, you you agree? I mean, maybe a modest cut in defense spending, say, in exchange for funding this. I mean, yeah. Well, I I I'm all for I I'm always. For funding for the military, I don't really have a problem with that. But I get what 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 Brian is saying that those numbers, if those numbers are correct, then it just doesn't make sense not to. Um, but I mean, again, I would say there's probably even other fat that you can trim before you even have to trim the military budget. You, you know what I mean? There's so many programs out there that are just useless and just wasteful spending um, that we could 
easily do away with those and, and get the same result. So, I mean, whether, whether, you know, the lawmakers or the people voice their opinion and they want to cut, you know, to take away aircraft carriers or they want to take away, uh, whatever, some other social welfare project or some other road building project or this or that, whatever, I'm for it. I mean, I think we need to put more money into space exploration, not for us. I mean, look, we're, you know, we're halfway through our lifespans. Chances are, knock on wood, we're going to live out the rest of our days in relative comfort here on Earth, like with no issues, even with global warming and all this other stuff going on. But in what's 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 going to happen in three, five, ten generations? You know what yeah. I mean? Our kids and their kids and their kids. And I don't want to be that short-sighted asshole that goes to my grave, like knowing that they're fucked. I mean, they're, it's already pointing to the fact that they are regardless of what we do. So let's stand the children at least as much. Yeah. Yeah. At least as much as we can. So like I'm, I'm willing to put my money on the table and my tax dollars, which is not insignificant. Not that I'm like tooting my horn, but like I pay a lot of taxes, you know what I mean? And I don't mind if those taxes go towards space exploration. In fact, I want them to, because I think that we need to figure out where we're going to go. Once this, I mean, look, even taking, even if we can solve the environmental problems that are facing us, Mm -hmm. right, which are dire, but say we can, we can solve them. That doesn't mean that there is not going to be an extinction event in the future, whether it be an asteroid, whether it be just the sun expanding and destroying us. I mean, it's not going to burn forever. You know what I mean? It's a finite resource. So at some point we're going to have to leave the bonds of this planet and move somewhere else. And I think that analysis needs to happen a lot sooner than later. Couldn't agree more. And to illustrate how much I agree with you, I saved the last mission that was discussed in the articles I was reading for last. And I thought this kind of put a very poetic flourish on NASA's sort of statement or or direction that they, or uh, the committee's direction that they gave NASA they want by 2069. So we're talking like we're going to be ancient if we're still alive then, if we even still are. But by 2069, they want to launch an interstellar mission to our nearest uh, stellar neighbor, Alpha Centauri, I believe it is. Um, and they want to do that because it's the 100 year anniversary of the moon landing. And I thought that was really mm. like, well, that's really, that's very poetic. That's very nice. And, uh, I would fund that today, knowing I would probably never even see that launch and will certainly never see it get anywhere. Absolutely. I, I think we should be going to Europa, Mars, and beyond. Like, we should... I wish we spent a fraction, as you were saying, Cam, as you were saying, Brian, a fraction of what we spend on other things on space exploration because the future of the human race literally is dependent on us getting off this planet. Yeah. I mean, when you have the foremost genius of our time... uh you know, uh, Hawking basically saying like, look, that's our only chance. I I tend to believe the guy, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, like I'm not going to discount what he's saying. He's way smarter than all of us combined. So if he's telling us that that's what we need to figure out, well then we fucking better get on that shit because you know, it's, it's, it's going to sneak up on us way faster than we think it is. And just complacency abounds, unfortunately. When it comes to everything, look, I'm not getting down on the human race. Like, we all are who we are. We are at where we're at in terms of our social, I guess, understanding and and, and foresight. But that doesn't mean we can't be better. That doesn't mean we all can't be better. And I'm not saying we need to, like, turn into, like, Star Trek fools, you know? (laughs) I just mean we need to, like, 
just be better in any small way that you can, you know, recycle a little bit, you know, uh, pick up some trash, uh, do something better, you, you know, switch to switch your detergent or whatever, you know what I mean? Just do something, do your part. That's all. Use a turn signal. Yeah. Figure out where the sticker on your license plate goes. It's, it only goes in one place in Florida. Just, just for the record. Uh, no, I agree. Cam just be better. People is like my mantra. And, uh, I try to practice it myself. Yeah. And don't, you know, when you're in the far left lane on the highway and you're, <laughs> you realize that your, your exit is all the, is all the way on the right hand side. And you're probably not going to miss it. Un- you're probably going to miss it unless you just jag across the whole highway. Why don't you just get off on the next exit? Right. Turn around. Don't fuck everyone else up in the four lanes that you have to cut off to get over there. Take one, take one for the team. Don't take out the whole team on your selfish right. quest exactly. to get off on that exit. Yes, absolutely. That is exactly. by far my least favorite part of, of Orlando. The traffic? <laughs> the, driving the driving to it, yeah. Oh, you got, oh, driving to it, and then once you get there, all the tourists. Oh, God. I, it, it, it gives South Florida a run for its money, like, and we're pretty yes. bad down here. The self-driving car can't come soon enough, and... As soon as it gets here, you should have to get, like, a special license to have a, like, human-driven car. Yeah. Like, if you actually want to take manual control, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you need, like, a special license. Yeah. It's funny. You bring that up. I actually rewatched. Uh, it was just on randomly, and I was just sitting at home. Uh, iRobot. Oh, with, yeah. You know, Will, 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 with Will Smith. And we'll, we'll have to do a totally different, you know, it's too, you know, we can't do it tonight. But, like, we can do a different show on, like what we think in terms of, and I think it sort of dovetails with this show, which is the complacency of, of the human nature uh, of human nature. So if we get to the point where robots are doing everything for us, um, and it also sort of harkens back to what we talked about with like the, uh, with the universal income and all that stuff or or whatever, like, is that going to stop us from wanting to advance? You know what I mean? If you're just chilling and a, a robot is doing everything that, you know, we have poor people doing basically, mm-hmm. or, you know, the jobs that no one else wants to do or, or you know, and it's getting us our, it's almost like I, I sort of, I referred to Wally earlier. It's almost like the whole Wally thing. Like if we're just sitting in our chairs and we're getting fed and we're getting <laughs> entertainment and we're getting whatever, are we just going to fall into that complacency or is that actually going to help us? focus our interests on more altruistic things and better things for, for society. I don't know. God, I want to, I want to get into this. Yeah. I mean, I think you're going to see a splitting of a 20% of like earnest altruistic people and an 80% uh, per contingent of just like blobs, you know, floating around on hoverboards, <laughs> eating Cheetos and watching TV. Like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we That's actually talk, uh, yeah, uh, tackled I, this tonight. Like Tom was saying, like w- we can't let like people with no imagination dictate NASA either. Like, I mean, you you can have no imagination. That's fine. Sit around and eat your Cheetos and you know live your life and whatever. But you don't get to choose the direction of the 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 the, the race. Yeah. Well, I, I think there's also a a a a big danger in letting one group decide like that's why we have checks and balances in the government. You know what I mean? As as flawed as it is, I still think it's the best system around. Um, And so you can't just let the eggheads decide 
we're at, and you can't just let Congress decide and you can't just let people decide because then all of our rockets will be like rockety McRocket face. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Like you, you can't, and we'd be going to like just some random part of this, you know, galaxy to try to find parties. But like, we have to like, ever, it has to be a collaborative effort. It has to be checks and balances. The eggheads need to say, look, this is really what we need. But then Congress needs to sort of rein them in and be like, look, okay, we understand that, but we also need this. And if you want to keep interest and you want people to stay behind it, and you, you want funding, we got to, you know, yep. do a little, you know, a couple sexier projects. And you have to have the people saying, well, okay, those are great, but we also want this. And it has to be a collaborative effort. And again, it goes back to, do we have that collaboration? Do you, are we at the level of a species where we can sort of come together? Not yet. No. <laughs> Maybe no, 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 no. by 2069. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, of the three groups, of the three basic pillars of society you just mentioned there, uh, Cam, the eggheads, the uh, elected officials, and the mob, I don't need to tell you which one I have the least faith in. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but the problem is, it's not that far apart either, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you have the least faith in one, but the, the other two are not too far behind. Yeah, yeah. Even the eggheads, even the eggheads get a little too far. You know what I mean? It's just... No, I agree. I agree. We're gonna fire up this large hadron collider. Pretty yeah. decent chance it's gonna destroy the world, but it's gonna be cool if it doesn't. It'll just be a small anomaly that will only, you know, maybe suck in Switzerland. That's about it. <laughs> awesome. Well, anyway, I think uh, next week, um, yeah, the imaginative, the imaginative superclass or something like that. Well, we'll we should we should revisit uh, our thoughts on society and why nerds should be running it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I definitely think if, if I were, if I were running things, if I had my comeuppance, I would say we need to put together a panel of elected officials of, you know, respected people in the scientific community and just common, common people as well. Put them all together on a committee, you know, give no one faction more power than the other. And let them decide the future of space exploration. Give them a secure budget, regardless of what they're doing or what they're not doing. They need that, you know, a secure budget that they're not worried where, you know, Congress can come in and just be like, ah, we don't like that. So if you do that, we're going to cut off your funding next year or whatever. You know, they need to have a almost sort of like the Supreme Court. Well, no matter what they do, they know that they're in for life or whatever. I see. Yeah. So there's no revisiting for appropriations every few years or whatever. Right. They, they need to have an insulated budget. They need to be able to have the like, you know, security to do, uh, you know, the financial security to do what they think is right for all of us. But then they have to do it together. You know what I mean? You can't just have one faction leading the other or two factions coming up, whatever. They need to be, you know, either unanimous or like a super majority of like 80 percent. You know what I'm saying? I like that. Uh, I think that would probably get us at least the best compromise possible. I like that. I like the addition of like a citizen's advisory board or something like that. That's cool. All right. We uh, declare that it will be so. <laughs> <laughs> Let it be so. Awesome. Well, this conversation went exactly as well as I thought it would. I knew you guys would have some, <laughs> uh, some cool insights and uh, would get where I was coming from with trying to strike that balance between, you know, what the runaway nerd will do and what the pragmatic or corrupt congressman might think. Uh, versus what the I want the potholes and bellies filled here on Earth first person might think about things. So, so N NSA, we know you're watching. Just forward this on to uh, 
yeah. whoever needs to read this and yeah. get it done. Hopefully there's a sci-fi reader, uh, you know, <laughs> monitoring this particular transmission. Especially after all the U.S. aircraft carrier Googling <laughs> I did this yeah. afternoon. I'd be like, screw these guys. <laughs> get rid of them. These damn, uh, aircraft these damn subversives trying to gut our military. <laughs> That's what I said. I'm all for aircraft carriers. Let's just cut something stupid, you know? Like, uh, yeah, we're, we'll probably have like 40 more aircraft carriers depending on who gets elected. But anyway, uh, <laughs> let's not get into maybe politics. Maybe we could, we, we could build the new spacecraft with the old metal from the old spa- aircraft carriers that we're replacing. There you go. Uh, how, that? I love it's it. Good I love it. Repurpose, <laughs> repurpose the steel. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Anyway, this was an awesome episode. I enjoyed speaking with you about it. And I hope, audience, you were also entertained. Anything else you guys want to cover on this topic before we uh, uh, re-enter the atmosphere? I think I'm good. All right. Okay, let's hope our uh, thermal panels hold as we re-enter the atmosphere. I will remind our (laughs) listeners, though, that regardless of whether or not we crash to Earth in one piece, they could check out all of our archival footage and any future uh, footage we put out there having survived our crash landing. But check us out on iTunes checking us out on Stitcher, or checking us out on my new favorite service, Google Play Music. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, add us to your Google circles, and join the Nerd Extravaganza HQ group on Facebook. Hop in your aircraft carrier and fire on over to nerdstravaganza.com, our newly repurposed website. Uh, jump into your dinghy and float on over to YouTube, which uh, you may or may not already be on. Uh, type in Nerdstravaganza into the handy dandy search bar and check out all of the video content we have to offer, including all of our recent episodes and video and board game reviews. And then shoot on over to, or shoot us an email at nerdstravaganza at gmail.com and let us know what your favorite flavor of astronaut ice cream is. (laughs) Nice. And with this mission now complete, Brian, take us away. Nuclear vessels. (laughs) Nuclear vessels. Good one, yeah. Good night. See you guys.